Hey, authenticity matters, you matter, and the world's a better place because you're in it. It's time for the Becoming a Profitable CEO podcast, and it's all about providing you with the tools to succeed on this ever-evolving business building journey. My mission is to make sure you know you are not alone, that it is possible, and that you, yes, you can do this. You matter. The world is a better place for having you in it, and your voice is needed. I'm Teresa Cleveland, and I believe that we can all make a difference and that having a successful online business is one of the best ways to do that. Let's get to it. Hey, thanks for being here. I am so glad you joined us. So I named today's episode Authenticity Matters. And it's not because we are talking specifically about authenticity. Yet I feel that my guest today, the delightful and refreshingly authentic Brittany McBean embodies just that. She is honestly one of the most transparent, authentic people that I have met. And that's how she's living life. That's how she's running her business. And it's a pleasure watching her do her thing and share her with you today. The older I get, the more important authenticity is to me to be able to show up in my business, to be able to show up in life overall as who I am. has been so incredibly liberating. If nothing else, there's the freedom to be who you are and not get bogged down in all of the BS of who we should be, how we should be acting, where we should show up. Please, 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 if you take nothing away today, stop shooting on yourself. And I hope our conversation inspires you to be your authentic self, show up as who you are, understand the value that you bring to the marketplace, and go out and connect with the people who are waiting to hear from you. Let's jump into the episode. Hey, Brittany, thank you so much for being here. I have been so looking forward to this, and I know I hunted you down. (laughs) I just want to share you with everyone and have the conversation I know I've always known that we were going to have about online business and this journey to becoming a profitable CEO. Oh my gosh, I'm excited to talk with you. I'm here. You're like my soul buddy. So we're just going to sit down and have a conversation and maybe some people will listen to it. There you go. All right. So first up, let's just talk about a shift in your business. I know you've been in business now, this phase of your business for about a year and a half. And in that time, I know I've seen you out there and you really caught my eye because of your authenticity. I don't wonder who you are. It's like, I know who you are. I know what's important to you. I know you're inclusive. It's so nice because I don't have to wonder. At what point did you come into the business like that? Or at some point were you just like, look, I can just be me. Hmm. I have always been someone with cripplingly low self-esteem and still do have that and have that voice that doesn't stop in my head. When I started this business, my daughter was, she had just turned a year old and the four years before she was born were full of two year, no, I'm sorry, the three years before she was born was a full year of infertility for my husband and I followed by a year of three 
back-to-back miscarriages in seven months Mm -hmm. and then followed by an adoption journey, which was really beautiful and hopeful. And then I very quickly became a mom. Our adoption journey was very short. And so I went from a lot of like grief and trauma into something very exciting and exhausting into something very beautiful and exhausting. And so I think by the time I started my business, I was one struggling with anxiety and depression, which I am now medicated for, but I wasn't aware that I had. So I was very, I was tired a lot. I was struggling, but I also like was emotionally tired and I didn't have energy or space to show up and do anything else other than just say what I was thinking when I was thinking. (laughs) So I've had a lot of seasons in my life where I tried to be the version of myself that I thought somebody or a large group of people would like. I mean, that that's middle school, right? But it was me. That was me all through college. All honestly, until I met my husband, and I kind of was like, "Oh, someone else likes me. Maybe I can start liking me." Um, but I think that by the time I started this business, I was just really fucking tired, and I just didn't have the energy to show up and and smile and <laughs> you know, just like believe and achieve. And I'm hashtag blessed. I just didn't have the energy for that. Thank you so much for sharing that because it is so true for, I think, many of us, and I don't think it's talked about enough, that we struggle with a lot of things on this journey. And I've always heard that becoming a business owner is a crash course in personal development. Mm -hmm. So it just magnifies all the things Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, you get to pull them out and look at them or not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I totally get that. It's the exhaustion that comes from showing up as what we're quote unquote supposed to do or be or whatever. And Mm -hmm. then the sad thing about that is I see a lot of it. And then you hire someone to do something, whatever in our business to help us grow. And it doesn't always line up. And you're like, how did this happen? So I appreciate that. And that's what's really drawn me to a lot of what you do. I cannot wait to have you work on my stuff this year. Because again, I know you're going to do things in the most authentic way. And that I don't have to dress things up. I'm just going to be like, this is it. And you're going to take that and help me be even more authentic about it. That is wonderful with what you do in the world, just the way that you show up. I think it encourages other people to just do that and to see other women in this space be successful by being themselves. I That is so, oh my God, I'm not a fan of this word these days, but empowering yeah. is to be able to look at ourselves and be like, oh, well, if Brittany can do that, maybe I can do that too. If Teresa mm-hmm. can do that, maybe I can do that too. And that's really where this podcast yeah. was born from to be for those who are coming up to who are facing whatever they're facing to to know that we're out here that we've come up against it too and if you want to you can get to the other side of it and spoiler alert there's going to be other stuff and you'll get through that too yeah. right and there's so much joy in between so if you'll share that something that came up on your journey that helped you just up level, and I don't even mean financially, it's just up leveling your business and show, being able to show up the way that you do. Yeah, I think there have been two big shifts. The second one I'm in the middle of, and it feels messy and uncomfortable. And that's good. Because I mean, so it's just all good. That's how it is. When I started doing this, I was really struggling. And I knew that I really wanted to do this. 
I had no idea that I was really depressed, but I was. And so I could barely stay awake. I could barely keep my head up. I could barely look at my computer for more than a couple hours because I was just tired. Like that was the biggest symptom of my depression. I was tired, but I was doing work that I actually really enjoyed. And that was very frustrating to me to be doing something I loved and felt like I could contribute something. I could help someone get their voice out there that was fun for me, but I felt like I couldn't, I didn't physically have the energy to do it. And then I also started working with a client who drained me and it was a very bad fit. It wasn't her. It wasn't me. It was a very bad fit. And I became a very bad version of myself. I took her into our dinner conversation. I took her into our weekend conversation. I took her into our pillow talk. Like, and I was anxious and angry and all of this all the time. And, and I just knew this is not going to work. Like I can't, this isn't for me. This isn't for my family, but I do really like this work. So the first thing that I did, this was actually when I was really struggling to find clients and really struggling financially in the business. But um, as a service provider, I wanted to work with people who valued what I did. And I wanted to work with premium clients and I wanted to do premium work for premium clients. So I set up a premium system without having any clients before I knew what that meant, before I knew what they would need. But I wanted there to be like a high touch experience for somebody from the second they inquired. So um, I brought on a VA who ended up leaving to go to nursing school, but she was absolutely lovely. And we started this process. And I just said, I didn't have I really didn't have a budget, but I was really fucking tired of having panic attacks with like my daughter in the car on the way to the Y where was was my office, I would put her in childcare, and I would work there. And it just that wasn't that wasn't serving my family. So I took a couple dollars. And I said, Can you help me come up with these systems? And so that was that was the start of that big shift of of what does a premium service look like? And how can I maximize my time and what I'm doing for the right person who's going to value it the most where I can give them the most value. So that was one big shift. Um, And then of course, a lot of things shifted personally, internally, just getting clear on what was going on with my body chemically and getting medicated and and balancing out and and all of a sudden having this superpower of being able to work and focus that I didn't like it felt like it wasn't like the depression was a hindrance. It was like the medication was like a superpower because now I'm like, wow, I can actually do this. So it was the first shift. And then the second shift has been me after a very short time in business, shifting completely out of the role as solopreneur and copywriter, which is what I do and into the role of a CEO of a business that's bigger than myself. And that is also a weird shift and to be determined. Oh my goodness, there's so much in there. So let's just back up because I've seen this more recently that people are really starting to open up about some of these challenges that we have. I too am ADHD. That has always been my superpower. And last year in 2020 was when I sought medication for it because with the shift in my business, the shift in everything that was happening in the world, I needed to focus for longer periods of time. So I just want to give a shout out to anyone who's out there who may be experiencing it shows up in different ways for different people. And Brittany nor I are the experts in this. But if something feels off, it's okay to go ask for help and just have the conversation. It might be something it might not be. But I, that is very telling when you're doing something that you love, but you just don't have the energy for it. It could be, it could be ADHD. It could be ADD. It could be depression. There could be right? like, I went to a functional medicine doctor. We started with a gluten-free diet and then we were, then she just kind of had to say, Hey, we've tested a lot of stuff. I've, 
I think you need medicine. And that was it great. It may not be the right answer for everybody, but at least know that it's okay. Like give yourself permission to just be like, you know what? Trust your instincts. I feel off. Something's wrong here. And I'm going to go find out what it is. Yeah. I'm in a group uh, for ADHD women. And I'll share that in the show notes for anybody who's interested in that. But it is, it shows up. There are some commonalities and there are some differences. And again, regardless of what it is for you, if something feels off, go just ask somebody say, I need, I need to just talk about this. And that's perfectly okay. As you said, when you can get to the source of that and start to work with that and you find the solution that's for you. And for some people, it may be gluten, it may be whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be, who knows what it is, but in order to live a life that is fulfilling to you and that you can stay awake for it, you can participate in, it's definitely worth looking into. Then as that started happening, and I love that you talk about this, it's one of the things that when I heard you talk about it in your group, which I have to say online marketing that doesn't suck. Yes, that's what I, I, let's talk about all of that. That's what you want. That's what I teach. (laughs) Exactly. So with that though, one of the things I heard you talk about in there was your, when you decided to hire. Mm -hmm. And it really goes against the grain of what so many people teach Mm -hmm. because there is that thing. And I think I responded to that when you ask about it, you know, that a lot of people start with the things that they don't like, the things that are falling through the cracks and all of that. And I think that's, that's true. That could be what you need, but I love what you shared about your process. And can you talk a little bit about that? Because like you said, you started to say that it's, it wasn't like, oh, I already have clients, which people are like, no, don't spend money yet. You don't have clients. But I think there are cases when you are clear about what you want to do, that it is the perfect way to go. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like, I'm glad you said that because this is one of those things that there isn't a right answer and nor should if you can't afford to put food on your plate, your first step should not be hiring. We were really, really struggling, but I also had a sense of like, there is something here and I can do it. And I have a husband who is willing to keep budgeting and then rebudgeting and then rebudgeting and, you know, pinching pennies and cutting back and cutting back so that I could figure this out. And he, he really did that for our family, but my brain doesn't see systems. My brain sees big ideas and what I want something to do, I see the result and the product and that process is what's really like fuzzy to me. And I know that there are people out there who see the process and the product is fuzzy to them. And I just thought I don't have a ton to spend because it's not even extra. Like it was coming out of our pockets, but I knew that I wanted the, if this business was going to be successful, that I wanted it to look a certain way. And I knew that I wasn't the person that could do that when it came to a system. When I did after my, the first VA left for nursing school and I was like, okay, what actually is going to help me? I I thought, you know, I need, I need someone who, if I want a premium system, I need someone who knows how to do that. And so I ended up hiring um, an OBM and which is online business business manager. And she, I don't want to say she was out of my budget because I didn't know what my budget was. It was a little bit more than I had anticipated. And so I just said, instead of you doing a lot of work in the business at this rate, how about we start at 10 hours a month? I think I said five to 10 hours a month. And because I knew that if she 
was as great as she is, which she is, that in those five hours, she could get done what would take me 20 or more or something that I would start and never finish. And so I was confident that she brought a lot to the table and I wanted to pay her for what she was worth and for that value. So we started really small and I just said, help me get this one system set up. I know what I need it to be by the time it's in place. I know what I want my client's experience to be when they inquire. And I know what I want, you know, my experience to be in that. And I don't know how to do that. Can you help me set it up? And she did. And then I very quickly started getting some inquiries that it wasn't like anything massively changed in terms of the lead gem, but it was that I now had a system to weed out the people who were not the best fit. And then the premium clients I wanted to work with who could afford the prices I wanted to charge and all of that. So anyway, I hired her when I didn't have clients. I set up the system when I didn't have clients um, did we have to not pay our bills? No. Did we have extra money for clothes and organic groceries that month? No. And that was just where I knew I needed help to see if I could do this thing. And so we started at like five or 10 hours. And now I think she works in the business at like 35 hours a month. And she's been promoted and she is brilliant and amazing and runs the show. And we have so much more capacity than I ever could with my own little brain. And it's not even that you have a little brain, but in that area, right? Yeah. It's okay. We don't have to, we can't know all the things. Nope. I'm really good at what I'm good at. And I'm really not good at other stuff. Well, and that's, I see so many people who want to throw out the, some of the things in corporate, but like I've said before, corporate works because of the structures, the way that people, the cultures and all that, we don't care for a lot sure. of times, but it is that there are systems and foundations that go into place. And I just want to clarify here because so many people, when they hear system, they think, oh, a platform like my email marketing, or it's this, or it's that. But when we're talking about systems at this level of business, we're talking about, in this case, from the time that somebody inquires through the whole process, scheduling with you, having the call with you, what happened, the onboarding, or even the follow-up after that. And I think that it's so important, which obviously you saw too, was if I want to charge five figures, they need to have a five-figure experience. Yeah. And they have to have that before they sign the contract or they're like, it's not just, oh, great. What does a white glove service look like? I have to help you understand that I'm worth a 20K launch package before you sign the dotted line. And I knew that like doing cheap work for people who didn't value the work wasn't going to serve me or my family. It wasn't about like making a ton of money. It was that what I found was when I was working in a lower price range, I was working with people who didn't understand the value of the work. And there was a lot of not fun days for me. And so I set up an experience for both my business and for my clients that would inquire. And we found a way to automate as much as possible so that every time I got an inquiry, I wasn't in my inbox, you know, oh, sorry, my toddler needs a snack, but I've got to go send out this like white glove email. No, it's a template. And we have it set up so that every person that comes in feels taken care of from the second they submit their name on the website. Which is incredible. Well, thank you for sharing that, Brittany, because it is so important to look at things like that. And there have been so many things in the online world. We won't get into calling anybody out or anything like that, but it's, you know, throw up an opt-in form, throw up a, a form here so that people can schedule with you and 
just get them on the phone, get them on the Zoom, right? But I love that you recognize that. And again, I, you know, that's, it takes time. It takes thought because it's more than just the dollar signs on the other end of that form and what we're going to bring into our business. It's about really providing a service. And what you said about the value, I want to talk about that. How far were you into your business? Because I know we talked about one of the many things I want you to do this year is help me with a quiz and to put it out there in a way that connects with people. And I know that's so much a gift you have. So when we were talking about that and you quoted me the price and we were, I could see you and I loved your energy when you said it, there was no hesitation. Yeah. So, and maybe it would be really helpful to share where I started as well, because that was the first time I gave my first quote, I was terrified and it was a 10th of what I charge now. And so as a launch strategist and as a copywriter for course creators, I write a lot of launch copy. And so I write launch copy and quizzes primarily, but I write copy for course creators. And so my copy does have a number attached to it. Um, The very first website I wrote, I wrote for $2,500, which was more than anyone had ever paid me at once ever in my entire life as an adult or as a kid. And more than I could ever imagine paying. Like I couldn't imagine paying someone for the service I was quoting them, but I also knew it was a lot of work. And I actually was going to hire another copywriter to check my work because it was my very first project. And I just thought this will like cover my time. You know, I don't really have the experience. This will cover my time. It actually ended up taking multiple months more than we had thought. So I was really underpaid, but that felt terrifying. Um, right now, a full launch package starts bet- starts at 15K and goes up to 20K. And I can say that with full confidence. And, you know, a, a quiz is somewhere closer to 10K and a website closer to 10K. You know, we have, it's it's all a range and it depends on what the client needs. Everything's custom proposed, but I can say that with confidence. One, I'm in the very fortunate position of having a job that has ROI attached to it. Like the, the copy that I write makes my clients money and they are very easily able to track that. But I don't just write words for my clients. I craft strategy and marketing strategy and messaging strategy and then and offer optimization and then write the words for that strategy. And so when I'm writing your launch copy, I'm writing your entire launch strategy. And so there aren't other components of, oh yeah, the sales page converted really well, but that's because X, Y, and Z happened and then this other person did this. No, I'm I'm telling you what we're doing, not what we're doing, but I'm consulting and recommending and collaborating with what pre-launch is going to look like, what messages we need to cover, what's going to, what objections need to be tackled, where is this person, what uh, mindset shifts do we need, all this stuff, and then what words are going to communicate to them that they need this offer. And that is what makes the copy convert. And that is why I feel confident telling someone it's going to be a 20K launch copy package, and you're going to get information and resources and strategy that no one else is going to give you. And the copy is going to convert way above industry standard. And you're going to walk away with 200K or more because my job is attached to ROI. And because I've seen the value of what I do, I've seen my clients light up and I've seen their minds be blown when I show them the research that we do. And I see them flip out when they send me their launch numbers. I feel 
confident that that is what this service is worth. And I also like from an internal standpoint, I have a team to provide for. I have a lot of systems and softwares and um, tools that I bring to the table to help me uncover what's going on with my client and their audience and their messaging and to, to help this process be more streamlined and better for them and all of that. So like, I'm not pocketing 20 K right. I might be, I might be profiting 5k and I'm building a business that serves these clients at a maximum level. So considering like my highest salary ever was 20k a year, telling someone that that's what a 12 week project is going to look like, that was hard to wrap my mind around even 12 months ago. And now when I know what what I'm delivering in that 12 weeks, I'm like, I'm undercharging. And I think that's it. So I want for people that are listening to get from the business owner standpoint that you do have to take into account all of the things, your team, what you need to take home, the platforms that you use, the time that you're, there are so many factors in there. And how many times you've done this before? So this is actually a faster process, which adds value to the client. And how much have you invested in your education, which adds value to the client, right? Like there's all these other things that there's what I need to take care of on my end. And then all of these things that my client are get, my clients are going to get that they're not getting from someone else and both add value to a project. Absolutely. And so that's what I was saying is like, you have to understand from your end everything that is included and the confidence that's the confidence in knowing what you provide allow you when i said so Brittany, this quiz you know what are your quizzes running to do that and you said uh 6500 to 10k and there was no hesitation there was no anything because it's that confidence and a lot of times what i see is people aren't able to charge those figures because there's not yet confidence in what their result is that they're going to deliver on that result. And I hear that a lot from people when I have those conversations with you doing and you said that's the whole thing. That's the follow up. That's everything within the quiz. It's not just here's the quiz, the email and all of that. And I one of the great things about that that you alluded to was if you're in tandem, that's all working in tandem. And that's coming from the thing that you discuss with your client, the research that you do, all of that. And so you don't have this person doing the email copy and that person doing the quiz and all of that. It's all very cohesive. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so valuable. And obviously everybody is not there yet and that's okay. But for those that are, I think it's so much value. So I want everyone listening to really think about that. If you struggle with saying your price or charging what your product or service is worth, check your confidence on it. Do you believe in what you're providing? And is that maybe where you want to focus some attention? And also like if somebody asks you what something's worth, like a hundred percent what you're saying, but if you had said, Hey, what does this package start at? I'm like, um, well, for you, it would probably be, um, I don't know, like 8k, 10k. All of a sudden you're like, wait, what do you mean for you? Why don't you know? Are you charging me? Are you charging me more than your last client? Do you think I make more money? Are you swindling me? You know, like, like that lack of confidence triggers a lack of confidence in the client. And I want my clients 
to know whether they sign a contract or not. I am never going to recommend that you do something in your business that I don't believe is good for your business. And I'm never going to charge you more than what something is worth. And I'm not going to charge you less than what it's worth, you know? And that there's confidence, just what you said for me as the client, like when you've said that, I have no doubt, I know it's worth it. And this is a great example of what Bob Berg talks about in uh, The Go-Giver. He talks about the law of value. Mm. And it's that you give more in value than you take in payment. Yeah. yeah. And that is, this is a perfect example of that because, you know, I've always used, and now I'm going to start using you as an example, but I've always used the example of an accountant who may charge you $2,000, but helps you save $10,000. It doesn't mean you're giving away the farm. It just means that this is my price for the value that I'm providing. Mm -hmm. And that's tremendous. And you have been doing this and you know the ROI and everything else. And that's always nice when when you can provide that. The other thing that we talked about before we hit record that I really liked, because I think this is something that doesn't get talked about enough. And I know last year, maybe the end of December there, I did an episode um, with Stephanie about mindset. And she was talking about when we hear charge your, mm-hmm. charge your worth. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's left out. People don't say the your product's worth mm-hmm. or your service is worth. So then we can internalize that whole thing. Well, you know, and that's where we can go down those rabbit holes about ourselves and feel like I'm not going to say 20,000. I'm going to, you know, there's just a whole mindset there. And so you had said along those same lines that understanding your value and not or your product or your services value, not your individual value. It, it's not connected. They are yeah. two really different things. Yeah, separating your prices from your value, which I mean, that's, that's hard for me, you know, I'm, I'm at a point right now, where I've done enough work. And by work, I mean, therapy, (laughs) like I've done a lot of a lot of work on myself outside of the business. But if I'm talking to a business owner, and I say, yeah, that sales page is going to be $7,000, just the sales page, and they go, what just a sales page, I could write that. And so and so I would just say, Oh, my great. I am not for you. You are not ready for me. There might be someone else who can support you and add value to your business, but you're not going, I could, I could charge you a thousand dollars because I know that's all you could afford. And you would think I owed you the world because when we don't value that person, we don't value what they bring to the table. So there's, there's that, like, I understand what my work does, what my team does, what my brain and my strategy and my skill set and my experience does for my client and it has nothing to do with my value as a person and yes yes, I still have that voice in my head all day every day telling me I'm worthless and all this stuff but intellectually I know that I want to look at myself the way I look at my daughter you are intrinsically valuable you deserve respect and dignity and everything that every human being deserves regardless of performance or greatness or action you know all of these things are true my price determines how much the work that I do how much value that brings to my clients business it has nothing to do with who I am as a person or what I contribute to this world and I have to separate the two otherwise when someone says oh I can't afford that I don't hear I'm not at a place in my business where I'm ready for that I hear you're not good enough for that right? right me as a person I don't have a price tag 
because it's it's invaluable. And so is everyone listening to this and and you and my daughter, and we don't have price tags attached to us, because regardless of what we contribute to the world, like my value as a person doesn't come because I can make other people money. That's not the determination of like, why I deserve respect and dignity as a human, right. And and this the opposite is true. Like, if you don't have a skill set that produces something that your culture sees as valuable, it doesn't mean that you are invaluable as a human. And that's really important to remember. Absolutely. We can come off those calls and when they don't sign and we can feel like, oh man, I suck. I just, I did that all wrong. And and we go down that thing instead of being able to, and it's a journey. I mean, I still have those days where it's like, ah, what did I do wrong? But it's, it just might not be the best fit. Yeah. All right. Well, Brittany, you made a good point. As we've been talking about this, you know, we both have referred to that point where, you know, you're just not ready for me or which is not that again, isn't you personally as a person aren't ready for me. Like, Oh, you can't handle me. (laughs) It is just a fact. And it means nothing about either person, right? Just means I serve six, seven, eight figure business owners, because that is what I want to do. And that's the value I bring to the table. And if you are not a six, seven, eight figure business owner, then there's a better copywriter out there for you, period. Exactly. And that is just being able to, to say that you're on your way and I'm here when you're when you are here, right? It's a 10 year old can't buy a car, right? They're not ready for it. They're just not there yet. But when you get here, know that I'm here and I'm happy to help. That's they're, they're just facts. These are just facts. It's not anything personal about them. When we talk about that, for a lot of people who aren't there yet, what are some of the things that they can do to get ready for working with you or someone at your level? Man, that's a good question. It's so different for everyone. I think, you know, each business owner has to decide what it is it's going to generate revenue in their business, right? And you have to have revenue to be ready and to invest. I think that the clients that I serve the best and that we have the most fun, but also like, I'm so proud to put it out there. And it's the highest converting is when they trust me completely. And so I don't have clients that micromanage anymore just because I've been, I've really been fortunate enough to say like, this is who I will work for, which I wasn't at first, but my clients trust me and everything is a collaboration. And when I make a recommendation, they usually go with it. And if they don't go with it, they have a good reason. And I trust them and I don't feel disrespected. Like they don't value me. They let me do my job. They trust what I'm bringing to the table. When I tell them, this is what the research said, and this is what we have to do. They don't say, no, that's not what I thought. They say, oh, wow, you did the work. Okay, great. You go write the copy. So I think being able to, what my clients understand the most is that the thing that I am best at is not the thing that they are good at. And the thing that they are good at is not the thing that I'm best at. And they are bringing me in to to like fill a hole and raise the level of the game. And they trust that I'm going to do the work. So if you are still in a place where you need to have your hands in every single pot, and you don't trust experts to be experts, and that's still a struggle, then I think that work has to be done first, you have to be willing to intimately trust the person that you're working with, and trust what they bring to the table, even when it goes against something you originally thought, and know that that person also needs to trust you because you're the business owner, right? Like you need 
need to be able to really collaborate with experts. And I know that was a loaded question. So with what you've shared, I think the question really is, what do I need to have in place so that uh, we can get the most out of working together? That That is also an excellent question. I do not work with someone who doesn't know what a funnel is, hasn't really launched before. It's fine if it's a new offer. It's fine if this is your first time launching this new offer or setting up a new kind of funnel. But if we don't have some sort of like shared vocabulary, then it's not it's not fun for anyone. And so I think like understanding where you are and hiring someone to come in for that level and every level is a good level. Every level is right. But knowing like knowing what you need to know, (laughs) which is really, really hard. Right. And just in terms of like what else you would need to have in place the time, right? Like you can't just say, Hey, someone do this, do this for me. Like, no, we've got to talk. We've got to have meetings. We've got you know, like this is important work and I'm not just going to go write some words that you like. We've got to, we've got to talk and work through this. And it's a 12 week process. And if you don't have, you know, 12 weeks to answer some emails and look at some rough drafts and hop on a couple meetings, then you need to probably have an infrastructure in place where you're allowed to be the CEO and allowed to do these bigger things in your business. Absolutely. Knowing where you are and the trust factor on both part, both ends is so good. And to what you were saying earlier about the value, understanding the value of the service and what you're providing, that is confidence on both sides. You know, you both have that mutual understanding mm-hmm. of the value. And those are some of the best people I work with. I like it to be a collaboration. It has to be a collaboration. I can't want it more than you do. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. I know you have a challenge coming up this month. We'll go ahead and put the link to that in the show notes and explain what that is in the show notes so that everyone has it. I will also put the link to your Facebook group. You have so many great things you're saying, and I think more people need to hear them, especially as they're coming into this space. I love the honesty that you bring to it and that they don't have to get caught up, that people don't have to get caught up in all the should do's and and all the things from maybe even 10 years ago that are still out there and kind of prevalent. Yeah. That sound means it's time to jump over to our quick fire round. So number one, here's a question from another guest on the podcast. Nika Stewart said that she would like to know, what's any advice that you've been given that seemed kind of small or nothing at the time, but made a huge impact and is still making an impact in your business? Oh my gosh, that's a really, really good question. I think the first thing that come to mind, this isn't like a quick like idiom, but my husband has taught me how to be a really good listener as a skill. He He's a therapist. He's also an introvert. He's an amazing listener and I am not. And he has helped teach me the skill of becoming a good listener And because I have learned how to shut up and stop talking and actually listen and hear what someone is saying, I've developed a better empathy muscle as a human. I've developed the ability to, when my clients 
are telling me what they want me to hear, but they're not able to use the words that they need to communicate, I'm still able to figure out what it is that they're saying and get to the heart of what they're saying. I'm able to listen to their audience and all of the research that we do and really hear what's being said rather than the words that they're using. And it also has allowed me to create a space with my team where I can say like, there is always an open door for feedback. And I will always hear what's going on in your life because your experience matters. And it doesn't matter if your experience makes me uncomfortable. And so I think as an extrovert, as a very talkative extrovert with someone with a very rich external thought life and not an internal thought life, it has been an invaluable skill as a person and as a business owner to learn how to listen. I love that. It does. It helps us as individuals. It helps our clients. It provides that space for our team. That was beautifully said. Thank you for sharing that. Good question. And then next up from our would you rather random questions, would you rather hear the good news first or the bad news first? Hmm. I would always rather hear the bad news. I don't trust good news. Like it makes me nervous. I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. I trust the bad news because then we can start making something better. Really nervous. Problem solvers. Yep. Yep. The good news makes me nervous. Like the the shoe's going to drop. Something's going to go wrong. So that all right. And then in your business, besides the bottom line, which is important to all of us, what is the most important number to you in your business? Oof, that is really hard. The very first thing that comes to mind is the number three, which is how many employees my business supports, including myself. And I feel very responsible to my clients and their investment and their time and their ROI, but At the end of the day, I am partially responsible for these people's livelihood and not just their income, but their work experience and their mental health. And of course, not all of that is on my shoulders, but I think it is always important to me that I'm thinking, are the people interacting with our business having a better life as a result of it? Like less stressful, more open less anxious, more secure, all of that. So I think that in the back of my mind, I'm always the most aware of the number of people that our business is supporting and their families. And it sounds like the culture that you're providing. Yeah, the culture is the most important thing, I think. Awesome. Have you ever worked with a coach? I have not worked with a business coach specifically. So far, I have kept my growth separate from personal and business. I have a therapist that I see every single Friday. She is amazing and wonderful. And then I am in a mastermind. So it's kind of group coaching. It's specifically for copywriters. I try to always be the dumbest person in the room. So I have some people from a business perspective that I really trust and that I go to for business advice. And my therapist helps me from turning into the worst version of myself. (laughs) See, I think my oldest daughter was just sharing with me that this is now the terminology for therapists are coaches. Oh, interesting. Which I find interesting. A lot of of times it has to do with legal legality because my husband's a therapist, so he can only be a therapist in Virginia where we live as a licensed therapist, but he can be a coach anywhere. I think that's awesome. And then one last question to wrap up. What is a question that you would like for me to ask a future guest? I'll ask the question I ask all of my clients when they onboard. I always say, what is something that you're really good at that feels really hard or seems hard for other people? Because we never think that the thing that we're good at is a talent or valuable or important because it's easy to us. And the reality is 
most other people aren't good at that thing. And that being your like special superpower means you bring a lot to the table. So I think that's a really good thing for somebody to acknowledge and say out loud and know that they bring that to the table. And that's not just a given. Thank you so much. It is a wonderful question. And I can't wait to hear some of the responses because we'll recycle some of these like the question about the numbers. That was a question from another guest. But then I liked it so much. I started adding it into our regular questions. Brittany, thank you so much for being here, for sharing all this great information. I know I definitely want to have you back this year because there's so much to talk about. I want to encourage everyone to go over to your website and take your quiz. And it's BrittanyMcBean.com forward slash quiz. We'll put it in the show notes. I took mine and it was very interesting. It's discovering your marketing X factor so you can double down and bring all the followers to the yard. I love the way that you talk about things, the way that you show up. Thank you for being you and being such a light to others in the world and helping them shine their light to the people who need them. Thanks for this conversation. This was amazing. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Becoming a Profitable CEO. I'll be back next week, but in the meantime, let's continue the conversation. Head on over to our Facebook group at thepurposefulceo.com forward slash Facebook and share your take on today's episode. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.